Uh, but I stuck with God's provision in community. And, and that's, that's what I want to focus on today. I'm offering a slight adjustment in how we view community. Sometimes in community, there, there's an element of, of convenience and comfort and, and security that is important, but it tends to take maybe a bit more of the pie than it needs to. And so I'm hoping we can talk about some, some, some more grandiose perspectives of why God thinks community is so, so important. Um, if you guys leave the service today saying, man, he really beat that whole community thing to death. Like, just let it die, Matt. Let it die. I- I'm going to be really pleased. Because as much as I want to declare that community is one of the most important things we ever engage in, I'm, I'm, I'm going to just scratch the surface, I think. And I'm hoping we can have a deeper perspective of God's plan for why community is so essential to our lives. Community is essential to our lives. And so I want to talk about that. My family and I have gotten really engaged in a show called Alone. Who's, who's seen Alone? Just throw them up if you've seen Alone. That's my favorite show because you get to go on TV and not be around anybody. Right? So you get celebrated for being introverted. And I, I think that introverts should get a little bit more run uh, in society. They don't. Uh, but there's sin in the world. It's a fallen world. So it's all good. God's going to make all things new, man. And so anyways, alone, it, it's called the beast. And, and this is the coolest concept ever. Uh, as a butcher, this is the coolest concept ever. All right. So. So three people, 30 days, Northwest Territories, no equipment, and a slain animal. So they, they drop the people off on the shore, they shoot a flare where the dead animal is, and 30 days. And that's it. You don't have a knife, you don't have a fire starter, you don't have... You don't, you don't have anything except the clothes you're wearing and this big giant musk ox or moose. It's amazing. One of the things they say in the show alone is everything out here is trying to kill you. The wind, the rain, the cold, the predators, the wolverines, they're a special kind of predator. And I want to give us a big statement. Spiritually and emotionally, we're not that different from the three people dropped off on the island. Because everything around us is trying to kill our faith. Is, is that too big of a thing to say? Am I being paranoid by thinking that the world doesn't want our faith to survive? Outside of this house, everything is trying to end your faith. It's trying to railroad it. It's trying to, it's trying to push it off to the side. It's trying to discourage it. It's trying, it's trying to squelch it. Everything. 
And we've got to be careful because they're really good at it. This is the reality that we live in. And God has made wonderful provisions that our faith would last the journey. I want to talk about the journey of our faith. John 14 to 17, these three precious chapters. They would be four chapters if I counted them correctly. To me, these are the most precious chapters uh, that you're ever going to read. Because in in this portion of John, Jesus has just washed the disciples' feet. He's just told Judas, you can go about your business now. And he had just the most beautiful family meeting you're ever going to see. Where he spent these final precious moments with the disciples before he was going to be arrested to tell them, guys, it's going to get really real for you in a couple of days. I've said all along that I'm leaving and and now I'm actually going to be leaving. And every bit of your fiber is going to be tested and everything around you is going to want to... Finish off this thing that I started. And he gives these beautiful instructions to his disciples. He says, it's going to get really scary in chapter 14. But I'm leaving my peace with you in the form of the Holy Spirit. You're not going to be orphans. Chapter 15, he talks about the importance of abiding in Jesus. It's going to get crazy around you. But if you stick to me, you can make it. Chapter 16 is all about the work of the Holy Spirit and this truth that the world is out to get you. It wants to end my message. And chapter 17, it's called the farewell prayer. That's that's a precious name to me, a farewell prayer. He says, guys, let me just take you. You've been with me right from the beginning. And, And let me just hoist you up to the Father. And I'm going to say it so carefully and so gingerly that you're going to hear my, my, my plea for God to preserve you as I go. It's a beautiful prayer. It's the prayer that we're going to go through today in John 17. So you can turn to John 17. And we're going to be all around John 17, especially 11 and following. This final conversation of Jesus reminded me of a time I was house-sitting for my uncle. So they were gone and I had the house to myself. And they, here's the thing. When you're posturing your family for a time that you're going to be away, you don't focus on how many times they're going to eat craft dinner while you're gone. That's a little not as important. You're going to be talking about the alarm. You're going to be talking about strangers. You're going to be talking about no fire. And you're going to be talking about no parties. Right? The finer things in life. Right? How many people's ears are burning? Chuckles say they are. And my uncle did this. And I responded by not being around when he came home. And him finding the alarm wasn't set when he went into the house. That was a big problem. He was 
He was not pleased with me at all. Um, the thing I love about John 17 is, as Jesus is saying, it's going to get really hard for you guys. The world's not going to be for you. You're going to feel abandoned by me. Everything is going to be wanting to rip you out of my arms. He ends with community. And I think it's fair to say that that community is that place that that the really preservation of the church happens. To a certain extent, all of you are going to get to heaven because of the person beside you. You guys all have a role to play, and I have a role to play in the eternal security of your brothers and sisters. That's a big responsibility. If that's true, community is is pretty significant. We don't always think of community in that light. We think, well, it's a place we can have fun. It's a place that we can be known. Maybe we'll share some stuff. Maybe we won't. I don't know. But there'll be a fire and they'll be laughing. And and those are wonderful things. But that's not the end of the story. And and what Jesus is saying in John 17 is, is your survival depends on you staying together. You're no good if you separate. The clearest picture of this is in John 19 when Jesus is on the cross and some of his final words were this. When Jesus saw his mother and his disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. So here's Jesus betrayed, abandoned, suffering, full weight of sin on him. Father's wrath, abandoned. Saying, let me just get this one last thing out of the way. You being connected is why I'm here. Jesus was all about our community. And so we need to be as well. So I want to look at four different sections of John 17. The first is from 11 to 15. It says this. And this is kind of the good posture because some of you might already be saying, man, you're making a lot out of community. Like you just said that that we get to we get to go to heaven because of community. That's that's a little terrifying. So this is my rebuttal. John 17 11 to 15, and I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them, and not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction, which the scripture might be fulfilled. So he was lost on purpose. But now I am coming to you and these things I speak to the world that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they're not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. So I'm going to say this and then I'm going to hammer on community for the rest of the time. 
Our eternal salvation is only rooted in the provision and care every minute of the day of Jesus Christ who died for our sins, rose again, and is intervening on our behalf every second of every day. And if he stops doing that, we will cease to exist, go off the rails so abundantly quick, make a huge mess of our life, and take everyone down with us. That's the reality. That doesn't discount the tremendous tool that he's made community to be in that work. And what I, what I want us to hear today is that community was made so that that provision and that perseverance work would be done through other people. Freedom Session always says this. We were hurt in community and we're going to be healed in community. There's my plug for Freedom Session this week. If you've been hurt in community, you could be healed in community. If we've lost our way in community, we can be reconciled in community. And so this is not a lone wolf sort of thing that we can do on our own. So now that we've cleared that up, back to hammering on community. First thing I want to say is it's the provision for the good of others. The provision for the good of others, their holiness, their safe passage, and their safe arrival. This is one of the things that God has wanted to see in community. Think back to the, the power of people in the wilderness when three people got dropped off in the Northwest Territories. The first episode I ever saw, on the first day... The dude got a cold and shut it down. First day. Okay? Even if he's not even very good at surviving, that, that puts the jeopardy of the team in a, in a horrible position. Like four days later, another guy missed his family and left. So there was one lady left. After eight days, two people bowed out and she made it. She had the moose and she made it, all right? But how valuable is the people that you're doing life with? Just one person left and the whole team was in jeopardy. He had a cold. It didn't even sound like pneumonia. It was just like stuffy. No, I, I think it was filmed before COVID. It could have been. John 17, 14 and 16 reads this. I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world. Our path is right in the thick of it. But that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in your truth. Your word is truth. As you have sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. There was a ruler named Constantine. Who knows who Constantine is? Okay, so he was a Roman ruler around 13, or 313, 306 to 337. He was a Roman emperor. And the significance of Constantine is... He transitioned the church from Rome killing the church to Rome making the church the thing. 
he converted or something like that and and said now everybody has to convert as well and the church became this grandiose pompous extravagant corrupt thing but it grew Soon after Constantine, there was a second movement, a rebuttal to Constantine, where all the devout Christians said, okay, this isn't Christianity. I'm going to throw away all my clothes. I'm going to put on a robe. I'm going to walk three days into the desert, and I'm going to live in a cave. That's Christianity, because I'm rejecting all of this pompous, beautiful, gold-plated fake, superficial things that are going on. But they missed God's idea on community there. They all scattered. How was anyone going to find out about the truth of Jesus? How was anyone going to be discipled into a greater walk? How was any non-believer going to hear about the gospel with everyone standing on pillars Refusing to move in the desert. So even in their desire to purify their Christian walk, they miss that important thing. We're designed to be together. God said, don't take the people out of the world. I need them there. Otherwise, the world is done. Our community is meant to be a safe haven Amongst the people who still don't know Jesus. This is our safe place. In varying degrees. And I think God's going to make it less safe and that's wonderful. Okay. But, but, but this is the herd amongst the greater herd. This is where we find support. To really care for the world around us. The world is lost without us being in it. And so far more than God saying, be in community together, show yourselves a good time, don't be alone, no acceptance. These are good things. God is saying, I want you to piggyback your friend to the finish line. And if you fall down, somebody else is going to pick you up and help you get there. We are meant as the body of Christ to drag each other through the course. That's our job. That is a deeper meaning and that is so significant and worth being involved in. If we're not engaging in community, somebody's dragging. Because we were meant to keep each other going. God's saying, don't be involved in the world. Go together. There's strength together. There's safety together. what I always say to the kids when they fight fill in the blank what do I always say to the kids when they fight one of the more redeemable things I say to the kids when they fight is you guys are all you have anybody ever say that you guys can't fight you're all each other have how how true is that as believers look around the room you're all each other has If there's fighting in this house, there's no other provisions after that. We are all each other has. 
That's God's plan for us. He wants protection from the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. The safe journey is meant to be walked together. The journey to a promotion into eternity. In verse 24, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, may be with me where I am. That you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. As Rob talked about last week, this idea of our emotions are, are matured in, at home. There's so much being done in community as we operate together. Some of the things that happen in community, um, confession, honesty, and humility. Those are not our favorite things. Confession, honesty, and humility. That's part of community? I didn't know about that. Those are the ingredients that, that, that you bake the intimacy cake with. So one of our deepest needs as people is to have intimacy. Just, just to let you know. You bake the cake with honesty, humility, grace, and confession. Protection from the world. So he said the world is out to shipwreck your faith. We need to protect each other. Service to others. Almost every good command and promise in Scripture comes as we engage in serving the people around us. An opportunity to live counterculturally. Our culture in this house should look very different from the things and the world around us. So it's good for the people around us and it's the second provision is to model unity to the world around us. And this is, this is really exciting. The Bible is very clear. It says this. The glory, this is verse 22. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them. That they may be one as we are one. So God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit in perfect relationship. Choosing each other, deferring to each other, submitting to each other. says this, I and them and you and me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. How we operate in our fellowship of believers is one of the loudest testimonies and missional things we can do to a world that is looking for something else. It's, it's right there. My people are going to be united. And that's going to reflect back the goodness of who God is to the world. That's a beautiful opportunity. And this is why it's so important. I don't, I don't know if you guys have noticed this. Community is hard. Hanging out is easy, but community is difficult. Being honest is difficult. Being humble Choosing somebody above yourself, these are difficult things. Going out when you don't want to go out. Braving social settings in general. 
COVID has weakened our spine in going into social situations. Because for most of the world, the, the really well-settled part of the world, community is difficult. There are some parts that just think, oh, there's some people that I can love. That's awesome. I'm just going to go there full force and not care anything about it. And God loves extroverts too, but introverts think, what is going on with those people? That's my last soapbox on the introverts. But COVID has weakened our stomach for those situations. How we do community, how we choose the people around us, how we decide to walk in fellowship in the difficulty that it is. It speaks so clearly to the world. It shows them something different, something better, something confounding. It brings about the question, what's that hope within you that I see in all of your relationships? I had a great conversation with somebody a few weeks ago, and they testified that when they became a believer, it was this, and it was seeing this in the people around them, in how they were loved, in how they were valued and appreciated. This, I, I couldn't believe that people loved each other like that. They didn't even know me. I couldn't believe they loved me. If we don't get that right, this isn't going to stick to an unbeliever, to a back. It's not going to stick. It's going to be hypocrisy. God said, I've given you my word. I've given you the truth about all that I've done for you. I've modeled it over three years. And how you act that out is going to make it real. It's going to bring it to life. It's going to be that thing that you throw into the water and it grows this big, huge dinosaur from this little. Those things are amazing and weird. What are they made of? Nothing from this world. So, Ephesians 5 tells us what about marriage? Why is marriage so important in Ephesians 5? Because God designed that the way a husband and wife love each other is going to reflect the reality of Jesus and his church. That's a big responsibility. That is a big responsibility. But in the same way, Jesus is saying... The best way for the world to find out about the unity that's in the Trinity is that my people love each other well and engage engage in risky, difficult, messy, inconvenient community as much as possible. I'm not naturally a big community person. It's scary. But I've been convinced The testimony of the Christian's love and acceptance made the Bible true. Being in community provides this to the world. A picture of the redemptive work of Jesus in imperfect people. That's a pretty big thing to say to the world. An alternative to the world's standard of empty relationships 
dog eat dog. A question that provokes an explanation to the hope that is in us. That's from 1 Peter 3. We defer and submit as Christ deferred and submitted to his Father. And that's beautifully on display. Is anybody yet excited about community? Or is it just, man, this, this sounds really heavy and hard. This sounds like work. I, I'm not going to join a community group. I'm just going to be more tired. Thankfully, being in community is our best possible life. Because the fruit of deep and satisfying joy is in the community as believers. This is the fruit. This is the reward. We engage in the hard stuff and God gives us joy. John seventeen thirteen. But now I am coming to you and these things I speak to the world that you may have joy fulfilled in themselves. Verse 25. I made them known. I've made known to them your name and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. The beautiful passage in 1 John 1, 3. That which we have seen and heard we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us, and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. I had this thought. Paul at the end of his life said this, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And it got me thinking, who was he thinking about when he said that? Who was he thinking about? Was Paul thinking back to his time in relationship with Titus, Barnabas, Mark, Philemon, Onesimus, Luke, Priscilla, Aquila, Timothy, Lydia, Silas, Ananias, Apollos, these fellow soldiers in the faith, these people that he toiled with, these people that he sacrificed with. How much did he look back into those relationships and say, we finished the race together. We've all made it together. It's this foxhole mentality. I was watching... These World War II vets or Korean War vets talk about their experience in the war. And some of the stuff, they couldn't even tell the story. But they were always able to talk about the people they served with. This guy was watching today, he was holding up this medal that this guy mailed him. And in his other hand, he was holding up the picture of the guy that he served with. And I'm not sure which one he was holding tighter. But you would have never been able to rip that picture out of his hand. They were bound by something so much deeper than simply a shared experience. They had given everything of themselves together. This is not so much different. Maybe I'm making a big deal about community again, but this is not so much different than God's call for community for us. These relationships will be the most satisfying that you have because the risk and reward is never greater. If 
Thanks be to God that through Jesus alone we're saved. But it was his good and perfect will that we would be saved through community. Through the relationship of of other fellow believers. That we could sacrifice, pull each other along, encourage each other, wait for each other. Sprint ahead to try to encourage each other. We walk with others and assist as we can, and we seek to bring those with us who don't yet know the way. Still, the task is difficult, yet without the tremendous joy that comes from being beautifully in the will of God for his people. Calvary, will you engage in the community that has been made for you? God's provision and protection, his calling... It's funneled through community. Do we have time for that? Do we have energy? Do we have enough risk in us for that? It's messy. It's difficult. It's time consuming. Maybe we've been away for a long time. But can we take hold of the gift that has been given to us? God faithfully preserving his people through the power of community. I think it's that important. We're going to hear about community leaders next week. I hope this is still in the forefront of your mind as we do that. And we can we can engage together. It is that big of a deal. Relationship is messy. So, Father God, we continue to ask for you to speak. And to give us what we need to move us and drive us into your best position for our life. Lord, any roadblock that's within us about community, any resistance, any fear, any hurt that would prevent us from really engaging together for the good of the group, for the good of the world, and for our ultimate joy. I pray that that you would demolish those things, those strongholds, those lies, those hurts. That nothing would prevent us. There's the youth, especially for uh, the young people, the college and careers, the youth, the people in high school, that they would see the value that they bring to each and every social situation. The gravity of our community isn't based on age. And so I pray that you would knit this deep in our hearts, deep enough that it would motivate us to move and to risk and to value, and to sacrifice, and to really engage in the very, very best that you have for us together. Amen.